Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. My next guest today has uh, been with us many times, uh, and he's back to talk about uh, some uh, b- basically uh, uh, family roles and responsibilities. We've talked about so many different things about businesses. It's just a treat to have him on again. Uh, he is Vince Mastrovito from Prometheus Partners. And uh, Vince, I think without further ado, uh, uh, if our listeners don't know you by now, they, they certainly will after today. But thanks so much for coming on once again. Bill, really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Thanks for having us on again. Really, really love being on your show. Yeah, I, I love having you on, Vince. We've 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 tackled quite a bit of. I think we're creating a, a novel of uh, podcasts here that uh, all, all tie together. And uh, and today we want to talk a little bit about family roles and responsibilities in businesses. By the way, listeners, if you if you go to the, our Exit Coach Radio website, you can find Vince's interviews and listen to them in the past. So. We won't um, uh, say too much except that he is a, a fantastic business advisor in the area of Grand Rapids and uh, has, again, shared many great tips with us. So, Vince, let's get right into the, the meat of the matter today. Um, family roles and responsibilities, what can you tell us? Well, the, 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 the more I work with uh, closely held businesses, Bill, the, 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 the clearer it is for me to understand who is actually doing what and what are the responsibilities of all the people. Um, when we have the fi- family dynamics of what's happening inside of a business, I think it is imperative for the owner and the board of directors and the people in charge advisory board that he or she is really directing or writing out a plan that is going to be able to not only sustain the business, but have people understand what is it that everyone here is doing? uh, What's your role for the business? um, And why is it important to this business? And what are those responsibilities that you bring back? Uh, Primarily I'm referring to what happens when the family has different types of shareholders inside of the business, and that could be active and inactive shareholders. Uh, and in the case uh, that, I'm, that I'm kind of referring to, it's kind of like a hardware store where you had uh, a couple of um, non-active shareholders that were in the business, and they were really trying to continue to take the dividends from the company uh, when, in fact, two of the other shareholders, one was a CEO and one was the president, uh, they were looking at expanding the business into a couple of other states, which would have at least initially reduced the dividends down or eliminated them. And there ended up being kind of a, a battle between because one just wanted the income 
and the other ones wanted to continue to grow the business. And so when you take a look at roles and responsibilities, we have to try to understand is what is your role and responsibility as an active or inactive shareholder and to make sure that you have that clarity so that you don't have this type of friction in between the shareholders. That's a great point. And sometimes that can happen because the owner dies and leaves the company to maybe his his two or three children, one of them that works in the business and two that don't, and they have conflicting objectives right out of the gate, right? Or sometimes it just it just wasn't planned well and it happens in family transfers. Um, what What types of steps can companies take to communicate and figure out uh, how best to, to, to handle that before it happens? Well, I think the first case is when you have the shareholders at a meeting is to clearly understand <clears throat> what is the vision of the company and what are we trying to accomplish here? Are we looking for growth? And you have to make sure that um, all of the shareholders are, are on the same page. Um, and uh, along with the, the other things of, of values and what we're what they're trying to offer in the marketplace, if all of the shareholders do not agree <clears throat> on the path of where everything is going and you don't have that type of uh, communication and understanding and clarity, then you are ultimately going to have friction and disagreement, which uh, uh, on the flip side is really just going to cause a tremendous amount of disagreement, havoc, uh, and can really have a negative impact on the business as a whole. Yeah, unhappy Thanksgivings. <laughs> uh, and, and All the time. Again, again the, the situ- situation could, could have come from an unintentional estate planning mistake. Um, uh, or that now, now you, the patriarch, um, the owner of the business, because you didn't plan properly, now you've caused a fight within your family. You've caused conflict, and certainly I don't think very many people would have intended that. They just thought, well, this way everybody gets a piece of the business, right? So, yeah. so I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's one way that that can happen. But the other way is that, let's say, uh, I'm working with situations right now. There are um, uh, multiple siblings that own a business that inherited from dad, and some of them have. Um, kids that will take over and run the business and others have kids that really don't want anything to do with the business and they're trying to figure out how do I, what do I do? So, so sitting down and having those meetings and talking about the goals of the business, would it make sense to maybe give people a chance to say, well, if you want to be bought out, you can be bought out, but we're not going to pay dividends. We're going to grow this thing and that's where you're going to make your wealth. Just clear communications like that. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, when you understand what the goals are, just like uh, any other process that you're going is, how much do you want to grow the business? How much risk is the business going willing to accept? Do we all agree upon that? What is our overall profitability? What are we really shooting for? What kind of liquidities do we want? So when you take a look at these four key areas, I think these are, are very, very important uh, for all shareholders, really the entire business to understand is what are we really trying to accomplish here? But when we're dealing with family members uh, that may be active and inactive, uh, it is imperative that everyone is on the same page so that the business can stay healthy and move forward and allow it to seek the level that it is um, has that opportunity to um, is, so that we don't have this type of bickering inside of the family.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that is it's very unpleasant to be around if anybody's ever been in a situation like that where a family is is bickering and it's very unpleasant to be a an employee uh that's not a family member um of that type of a business. And so it makes it very difficult for those types of businesses to attract key talent if they know there's going to be bickering. They don't want to be part of that. That's that puts them at a, a disadvantage as well. So let's talk about the the roles and responsibilities issues for a second, Vince. Well, uh, uh, people, you know, why is it important to have roles and responsibilities within uh, a family business? Well, I think the importance uh, goes back to my initial comment: is it helps everyone understand what their expectations are, and it helps the business to perform at its highest level when you understand as an owner and even as a non-owner what your roles and responsibilities are. Um, to your point, if you're out in the general marketplace after you have left the office for a particular day uh, and you do not take into account um, the responsibilities you have as a shareholder of the business, as a business owner in the community, as an employer to the employees, and you're out doing things that could be looked at that maybe would be unfavorable, you know, that is really having the community and your competitors and your customers looking at you say, well, gee, what kind of a business are they really running there? So I think it's important to have all of those understandings. Uh, If you have a board of directors or an advisory board is that you are actually communicating to these channels to help them understand more clearly what it is that we're really trying to accomplish here and how are things moving along and moving forward, and are we really meeting our objectives or exceeding them uh, over the current calendar year and for the future uh, over into the next year or the year after if you're looking at a two- to three-year projection. And in most uh, family-owned businesses, you know, you're going to have a dual uh, capacity. If you're the owner, you might be the owner and the president. You might be the owner and the vice president. You might be the owner and the manager of sales or finance. You know, you're going to have your role, right? And and so uh, how important is it to understand in these in meetings whether is this an owner's meeting or is this a manager's meeting and what's the difference between those two types of, of meetings? Yeah, so the first meetings I kind of mentioned earlier, the first part of our conversation would be strictly for the owners of the the company where the owners are getting together to talk about the vision and the goals and what they want for the family. What is their their stewardship and their legacy? What are they really trying to accomplish and bring back to the community, things of that nature? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, When you're talking with the managers and the, the key people with inside your business, um, I always kind of look at it from an explanation perspective is it's kind of like the, the airplane. The, the owner has bought and built the airplane, and the managers are the ones that fly it and maintain it while it's in flight and when it stops flight to make sure that the engines and everything else are, are brought up to to where they should be from a compliance perspective. And so the owner is driving the plan and the strategic business outline and then the managers and the people under the managers are actually executing everything. And so when you look at roles and responsibilities, it takes us back to a previous conversation we had, Bill, which is owner dependency. 
And when you look at these two things and you have that division between the two where the owner is doing the business strategy, now you have also incorporated a business that is less dependent on the owner uh, and it will then most likely become much more profitable, sustainable, and a business that is much more attractive to another buyer and also is transferable. I like that a lot, and I like the analogy of the the plane where the the owner is uh, is setting the course, and the and the managers are flying the plane. Um, is the way I think you put it. it. Makes it that makes it very clear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, when you're when you're talking together as managers of the, and you might be executives, uh, but uh, you're managing the business. It's more tactical and task oriented as opposed to this, like you said, the stewardship le- legacy, the vision, the strategy, w- you know, what, what do we stand for? Where are we going? Uh, and then, uh, and then setting that course so that everybody understands this is, we're, we're talking now as owners. I always, I always thought that uh, family businesses and small businesses in general, uh, ought to ha- they ought to have hat racks with various hats in their office that describe their role. So, so when someone, yeah. for instance, when a, a, a father and a son are talking, it's like, are you talking to me as a son or are you talking to me as the VP of sales? Uh, let's figure out which hat you're wearing right now because um, that it's very that that's a dynamic you don't have in in many many uh, in non-family businesses. You don't have that second hat to wear. No, but I think it takes me to an, another point that I wanted to try to discuss today. Bill was. Uh, I think when you talk about building uh, or making a, a owners, right, so who is the next owner besides the original owner, and how do you become a good owner of a business? And I think, I think that just that happens over time. You know, people, we are not born to be um, an owner of a business or a good owner. There's skill sets that we may have that other people don't have. But most of this you have to learn as you go through. Uh, and as a, a young person that would be coming up inside of a family business, when I go back to roles and responsibilities, is in order to continue with the stewardship of roles and responsibilities, is that the current ownership needs to be mentoring and illustrating to the younger owners um, what the importance are and the important pieces of being an actual business owner. And some of that is obviously how do you treat other people, uh, that the business comes first and that we have to continue to grow the value of the business. But uh, some of the other things are how do you actually read a financial statement? And so what we have suggested to many of our clients with younger uh, siblings or kids coming into the business is let's spend some time and actually even have your CPA come in and let's talk a little bit about the financial statements and what they actually mean. Or even if your children are not on or are a current shareholder, is have them attend a shareholder meeting to understand the financial pieces of the business so that they really start to get an idea and understand clearly of what that means. Uh, and then I also think it's important is to give them information to read. Send them to some one-day classes or half-day classes. Um, and and I just think you can't give them enough reading material to read. You know, short books, long books, white papers, podcasts, um, 
mm-hmm. workshops, I think um, have them go talk to one of your friends that owns another business and uh, ask them some questions and, and, and learn what it's like to be a really good owner. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Some people learn that uh, on the job, and that's probably the the wrong time to learn it. I was reading a an article last night about the 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 owner, the founder of Groupon, which which grew faster than any company ever. It went from something like a ten to a thousand employees in a couple of months, and and he said the hardest part was ten to a hundred. Um, after that, it was just you know it was just it was, but but at that point he said. He had he had to become a real business. He, he went from an idea guy to a real business owner, and he just started reading voraciously. And the first book he read was was Good to Great by uh, by Jim Collins, which he said was you know was was terrific. I mean, so he just became a voracious reader, and and it's so important for people for. Uh, people that are going to be a business owner to take that seriously and realize there's a lot of great information they need to they need to learn because the current owners uh, figured it out one day at a time uh, I, I call it a teaspoon of knowledge at a time and now there's a gallon of knowledge and they have to they have to figure out what is that gallon of knowledge it's so important so what what makes uh, in your mind uh, we've talked about some of the, the ways to become an owner what makes a good owner what's what are some of the traits of a good owner that we can point to? Well, I think some of the traits you look at is <clears throat> what type of leadership does the current owner have um, and what are they really doing with the family internally to, to educate them and allow, allow the younger generation to ask questions. Um, you should be willing to open up discussions um, uh, at certain times that they have the ability to ask questions as to, well, why do you do things this way? And what happens if, you know, just things about the business that will help them better understand how the business functions and why you run the business a certain way, but also how does that allow the business to move into the next generation uh, and then the next decade of business? Because as we all know, each decade brings us different challenges economically, and sometimes the younger gener- younger generations can actually bring us some pretty fresh and unique ideas. So uh, I think by that is one key thing that I have always shared with business owners is don't be afraid to let your kids ask you questions and really sit down and have some some heart to heart conversations uh, and help them understand what it takes and what it is to to be an owner of this business. I really think that's important. That's a great point. Just making it uh, uh, being accessible and uh, and approachable for uh, mm-hmm. for to be able to to transfer informal knowledge about the company and uh, you know maybe you know sharing how you, how you started the business. A lot of a lot of uh, uh, young owners want to know you know what was it like to start this thing and. Uh, they they really have they they've they've just seen the success side of it in many cases sometimes the struggles of course but uh, Vince it's always a great pleasure to have you on the show and and you share so much wisdom with us um, how can we uh, help you uh, if you have a client or a situation uh, how can people best get in touch with you uh, to to just talk with you and and learn more about how you might be able to help them. Yeah, well, if they would like to reach out and call us, they certainly could do this at uh, 616-622-3070. 
um, or they could just uh, email me at uh, Vincent at uh, Prometis, that's Pro, uh, M-E-T-I-S, partners.com. Uh, certainly our website, PrometisPartners.com, has um, a tremendous amount of information, educational information in there, and you can schedule an appointment or shoot an email over to us if you have an additional question or so that you want to talk about. But those, those are probably the best ways to, to really get a hold of us uh, and ask whatever questions that you like. And I, I hear from uh, so many people that uh, in doing that, you're, you're very giving of your time and your knowledge, and uh, they don't have to have necessarily a pressing need to get in touch with you. They can, they can call and ask some questions, and you're there for them. And uh, the people that do hire you are always happy that they have because, obviously, you, you care very much and you communicate so clearly. So thank you once again for sharing your knowledge with, uh, with my listeners today, and uh, always a pleasure to have you on. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Bill. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 